Welcome to Leadership Spotlight, a podcast that shines the spotlight on L&D and HR leaders from leading businesses around the world. Learn the ins and outs of everyday leadership, what it means to be a leader, and all the learning and skilling that goes into making a successful leader that you would like to follow. So lean in and lead on. What spirituality to do with leadership and business? How do you go beyond your professional skill set and build spiritual fitness as a part of your soul set? Addressing these and more is Surya Prakash Mohapatra, a spiritual practitioner and the current Global Head Talent Transformation at Wipro DOP. With over 20 years of experience in various leadership roles, across several leading IT and ITES organizations, including HP, Surya has extensive experience in setting up and running L&D functions, leading leadership development, capability building, and talent management initiatives in various businesses in India and overseas. For Surya, spirituality is pivotal in all aspects of life, personal, professional, and social. It's his lens to the world that makes him a loving, empathetic, and compassionate leader. Hi, Surya. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pranjali. Thank you for this opportunity. All right. Let's jump straight in and start by understanding spirituality. Spirituality, according to me, is about unraveling the cause. My spiritual guide, Susi Chandra, says the ideas and activities that lead man towards the cause are spiritualism. So generally, we associate spirituality or spiritualism with rituals, with some customs. Sometimes we associate this with some miracle that happens in people's lives. But I think spirituality is much more profound than that. It's much deeper than that. If you look at the word spirituality, it has the word spirit in it. Spirit essentially means the soul. It means our existence. It also means consciousness. So every individual is spiritual because as long as one is conscious, one is spiritual. So um, to me, spirituality is going deeper, understanding the root cause, understanding the purpose of life. When we talk about science and spiritualism, or science and spirituality, science has actually told us, science has explained to us how the human life was created, how life came into this universe in the first place, how about 13.8 billion years ago, the universe was created. About more than 4 billion years ago, the earth was formed. And when life started in the earth as a unicellular organism, and from there, how evolution started, and then how human beings came into existence, how the human life came. But science doesn't tell us why human life came into existence, why life was created, why life originated. Science is silent about it. Science talks about the anatomy of the human body, but it doesn't explain the purpose of human life. To me, spirituality is unraveling that, understanding the cause, understanding the purpose. It's all about going back to the roots. I agree. There are a number of misconceptions and you just called one out. 
the biggest one i think is spirituality being tightly coupled to religion as you said rituals which again cannot be farther from the truth because spirituality is about oneness about connectedness with life and all living beings important point you mentioned is about all of us originating from a single source which is the singularity from where the earth itself was formed and the universe as we know it formed and science is still struggling or perhaps trying to join the dots together to give us all clear answers so with this i want to come to the next question which is how do you describe yourself from a spiritual point of view again that's not to say that you're a different person otherwise but we adapt to situations subconsciously and conform to social expectations what i want to understand is what is surya at the core of all this what is the pure self what is the spiritual self for surya that's a great question or when i look at myself from spiritual point of view i look at myself as the creation of the creator the moment that understanding is clear that i am the creation of the creator this gives me immense amount of strength because you know that the creator has infinite energy and power so being the creation of the creator you also inherit infinite strength and power so the moment i look at myself as a spiritual being and look at myself as the creation of the creator i feel that i am a being uh, with immense amount of strength energy power courage at the same time immense amount of love empathy compassion desire to collaborate help make a difference to somebody else's life because you talked about the oneness and when you believe that every human being is the creation of the creator then you look at every human being a part of the creator and then you don't distinguish yourself from another not necessarily another human being you do not distinguish yourself from any other creature any other creation of the supreme creator whether living or non living so when we look at yourself when i look at myself as the create creation of the creator when i look at myself in that fashion i forget about my titles my positions i forget about my qualifications i look at myself as surya mohapatra and i connect that helps me connect with me my uh, soul my purpose my responsibilities and it has nothing to do with my titles and positions that i hold that's a great way to look at spirituality and to define oneself without all the expectations and titles and societal boxes and conforms that we typically adhere to my question now is how did you discover spirituality because all of us while we are spiritual beings at our core created from a divine intervention with limitless energy sometimes we get caught up in life and we forget what spirituality should mean for us and how do you get onto a path of spirituality so i would like to know your discovery of spirituality for yourself yeah i think um, this is quite interesting so my spiritual journey began before i understood what spirituality my parents are highly spiritual so they may, they inducted me into spiritual values they inculcated those values in right from my childhood even before i understood spirituality in the right sense the journey began even without understanding what it is but when over time my mind uh, started exploring my inquisitive mind wanted to know more dive deeper and understand 
the mind was craving to understand the why of spirituality. That's where the exploration started. And that's where I think slowly things started becoming clearer and clearer. And accepting a spiritual guide in life. So my spiritual guide is Sister Thakurun Kulchandra, uh, whom I have accepted right from my childhood as my spiritual guide, has been a revelation. It has brought about a phenomenal transformation in my spiritual awakening. What I've understood and realized is, you know, when we talk about poetry, to understand poetry, to understand poetry or poems, we need to really think about a great poet. You know, when we think about, we cannot imagine the poetry of Rabindranath Tagore without thinking about him. For us to understand what kindness is all about, we need to imagine a kind-hearted person. For us to understand what love is all about, we need to imagine our mother, our parents. Similarly, for us to understand what spirituality is all about, we need to understand, we need to imagine, we need to be in the company of a personality in whom spirituality has been embodied. And that and such a person is a spiritual guide, a guru. And I think my journey towards uh, spirituality was definitely accelerated. It was greatly enabled by my, my spiritual guide. And I believe that's the core of spirituality, having a spiritual guide, a guru at the center of your The way we describe a circle, if you have to draw a circle, we have to start with the center. If you don't start with the center, we'll end up getting a zigzag line. So similarly, to have a balanced, harmonious, beautiful life, we need to have that center in our life. And the living guide is the center. Well said. And that is a very befitting analogy to what spirituality should mean and how the path should be carved out for all of us. I agree that we all need a guiding light because sometimes in areas that we are not very familiar with, we definitely need to walk in the path of people who have already walked it. I think epiphanies and circumstances also lead to spiritual awakening. For me personally, it wasn't until I had hit rock bottom in form of cancer that I started challenging the doctrine and seeking answers. And that is when I finally understood what my purpose was, what I was as a person, devoid of my titles, devoid of everything that was put upon me, but as a person who was here to live an exciting life on earth and then to give back when my cup was full myself. So you mentioned a point about love, compassion and empathy. How do you think all of these play into spirituality? So that's the core of spirituality, which is love and compassion. That's the, you know, love is the source of energy, is the source of wisdom is the source of all the knowledge that we have. If you have all the qualifications, experience in the world, if you have all the wealth in the world, but we don't have love enough, you know, we have not achieved anything. We have achieved nothing enough. So core of life, the whole essence of creation, uh, if you go back, is the love. You know, it's the, it's the love between two souls that brings another life to this earth. So if you go back and look at it, the source is love. The source is love, you know, as profoundly, as emphatically one can say. And that's the core of spirituality because spirituality is all about nurturing our existence, nourishing our existence. Spirituality is about being and becoming. Being is our existence. Becoming is our expansion, elevation, our growth. So mere existence is no life. 
somebody in coma also has existence, but that's no life. One wants to have existence. Also, one wants to grow and expand. So the essence of spirituality is that being and becoming, and that's driven at the core by love, because love is the source of existence and love is the source of expansion. I love it. Being and becoming. I think these are the two things we all should have very close to our spiritual journeys, wherever we are at it. Do you then think there is a significance of spirituality in general, in business, especially leadership? What are your views? So business is another aspect of our life. If you look at our profession, if you look at business as a profession, profession is also an integral part of our life. Because we need to discharge our responsibilities towards our families, towards our near and dear ones, towards the society. We need to earn a living. We need to have a profession. And the profession can be business. It can be politics, administration, doing a job, etc. So when you talk about business, when you talk about industry, in my opinion, the core of business is also spirituality. Because if the core of life is spiritual and any aspect of life, in this case, uh, it, it is business that we're talking about, needs to have spirituality at its core. And uh, today there is a late realization of that in the business world. In the business world, today leaders talk about empathy. They talk about engagement. They talk about customer centricity. They talk about employee experience. What does it mean? You know, if you decode all of this, if you demystify all of this, you would find that the core of all of this is love. But if it is not genuine love that drives customer centricity, employee engagement, employee experience, then it's going to be uh, superficial. So it's not going to deliver the value that we, we desire. So essentially, I believe it boils down to love and spirituality. So imagine uh, if we do business only for the sake of money, can that business survive for long? Imagine if a doctor is treating patients only for the sake of money, can that doctor become successful? Can he become popular? Can he win the hearts of patients forever? Imagine a teacher teaching for the sake of money, not for the love for teaching and love and compassion for the students. Can the teacher become successful? Imagine our soldiers in the, the, the battlefield protecting our nation's frontiers if they're for the sake of money and not for the sake of that love for the country, what will happen to our country? Soldiers are probably paid the list, but they're the ones who sacrifice their lives the most. And why do they do that? They do that for the, for the love that they have for the country. So the same thing drives every profession, that love for the cause, love for the people who are whose lives that you are touching through your profession. If that's missing, nothing is, is, is important. If that's missing, I don't think that we find meaning in anything that we do. A hundred percent. I think as leaders, we are here to service our people. And as humanitarians, it is our job to not just look at what we do as pure professions or something that puts food on the table, but for the larger good and the bigger picture, which connects us with every person and everything on this planet that we are on. So do you think spirituality and love can be taught? And specifically, how can L&D impart these life skills to their people? I would like to say that, you know, spirituality and love can be taught. 
these are not concepts and ideas to be taught. These are values to be imbibed and inculcated. So the best place where spirituality can be imbibed and inculcated is the home. And the best teachers who can do that are the parents. If the parents don't imbibe inculcate spirituality in their children, the children will grow up probably to become doctors and engineers, professors, but they would probably not become human beings. So if parents give the best of education, the best of comforts, the best of luxury to the children, the children don't gain anything. If the parents give the value of spirituality to the children, which I got from my parents, that will make them survive the storms in their life. It will make them stand up, face the tsunamis in their life. No matter what happens, they're going to stand up and then face it and then remain strong. No business schools teach spirituality or can teach spirituality. You have seen in the business world how many successful businessmen have committed suicide. You see in today's world, when you look around, how many educated people are commit committing crime. They have education. They have money. They have name and fame. They have reputation. But what are they lacking? They're lacking that inner strength, inner power, the ability to face the world, the ability to receive everything with equanimity, whether it is happiness or sorrow, whether it is a state of being in, in, in richness or, a, or in a state of nothingness. How can you remain detached in the midst of the luxuries and the comfort have? So can these schools teach this? Can LND teach this? I don't think so. At best, what we can do is we can reinforce the values what parents have taught us. If it has not happened at home, if it has not happened in my primary school, um, at the you know when my teacher, my my first teacher at school, if he or she has not taught me, if my parents haven't inculcated these values, I don't think when an individual has completed 20 years to 25 years, get into the corporate world, LND can do much. But if, this, if the values have already been imbibed, then probably LND can reinforce. But for that, we need the right leaders, spiritual leaders in the LND world, in the human resources function, in the learning and development function. Because spirituality is not about teaching concepts and ideas. It's about demonstrating empathy, love, compassion in your actions and imbibing that in people around you whose lives you touch. Wow, you, you just said it and you concluded it so beautifully. I think the spiritual journey does start with a lot of self-awareness and self-reflection. And the yes, the seed needs to be planted at a younger age. So you grow to appreciate the life around you and Ironically, in today's age where we have time for practically everything, including mindlessness, Netflix, or any other streaming service we're addicted to, somehow we don't find that time for stillness, which is meditation and all of the practices which have been laid out to us from centuries ago. So with that, I'll come to my last question. What is your leadership mantra? My leadership mantra would be to become a leader who not only enables others, but become a leader who can enable others too. Uh, I am always fondly reminded of the story of this uh, young man in South Africa who lost his father at a very early His mother took care of him and his sibling, about four of them. This young man was very fond of pursuing his education. After he completed his high school, his mother said, I did what best I could do. 
I can't teach you. I can't help you with your education. I can't fund your education. And you should now take up a job and help me uh, financially supplement my earnings. The young man was very keen on continuing his study. He said, mom, can I study for a couple of more years? I need to complete my graduation, come back, help you and take care of the family and my brothers and sisters. The mother said, if you want, if you can fund your own education, go ahead and do it. But I will not be able to help you. The young man went to a businessman, an Indian businessman uh, in South Africa, in the same city where he was living. He said, can you fund my education? I probably need about 3,000 US dollars to complete my education, but I'll not be able to pay you back till I complete my education and take up a job. And maybe after two years of working, I will pay you back. Uh, the businessman very quickly, uh, swiftly handed over the $3,000 for him. To cut this long story short, the young man went back, finished his education, worked for two years, came back with $3,000 and said, here is the money. Thank you very much for helping me. Uh, the businessman looked at him and then said, hey, you have come back to me with $3,000. What about the interest? Uh, the man was, the young man was worried. He did not expect that this businessman will ask him for interest. He said, sir, what is interest? He said, well, it's $1,500. You have to give me $4,500. The young man said, sir, I will give it back to you, but I need to work for one more year to get to save that money. Please allow me to do it. The businessman asked him, looked at him and said, Hey, you really want to pay back the money with interest? The young man said, yes, I was. The businessman said, okay, take this $3,000 back. Take it with you. Keep it with you. But if you really want to pay back the money with interest to me, please do the same thing to another young man, what I did to you. That would mean paying back my money with interest. Very powerful story. That businessman not only helped a young man to pursue his studies, but he inculcated the value of leadership in him he did not stop by lending some money to him or donating some money to him, but it also made him realize the importance of enabling others. So to me, leadership is not just about enabling others, but it's about enabling others to enable uh, their, their community, their societies, other people. That's what leadership is all about to me. Wow, that truly is profound. And with that, we come to an end. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom and a slice of yourself and your life so openly. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have spoken with you. Thank you again. Thank you, Pranjali. Thank you for this opportunity. You mentioned, thank you for sharing my wisdom, but I uh, believe, um, you know, I don't have any wisdom. All the wisdom belongs to God, to the Supreme Creator, and we only share experiences. Thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Spotlight. To learn how you can go from learning to leading, visit www.plethoralearning.com. See you next time.